Hey, everybody, welcome to an all-new edition of the Elite Beat, your source for all the AEW news, reviews, and previews. I'm Andy, and sitting 115 miles to my southwest, it's Megan. Hello, welcome back. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's been uh, it's been three weeks since I've been uh, here, so thank you to Amanda for filling in last week, and thank you to listeners for tolerating our absence the week before that. Um, <laughs> yes, much appreciated. <laughs> we we here and my household had a had a family situation that is that is ongoing, but is uh, less dire than it was at the outset. So things are things are trending in the right direction, and I felt confident enough that I could record this podcast tonight. Well, that is good. That is yeah. good. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and in the spirit of just, uh, you know, keeping calm and carrying on, uh, let us start with the Elite Beats Pop of the Week. I have water in a container that is made of metal and is already open. It was open the day that it was purchased. It was never sealed. It makes that sound. I was going to say, is there ice in it? There is ice, yeah. Can you hear there that? you go. You can get yeah. a little ice action. Okay. Yeah, I just filled it up uh, downstairs. So. Okay. Well, that's very responsible of you, what with it being 8 o'clock on a Thursday night, but... That's why I was three minutes late. I was I was about to head upstairs, and I thought, no, I should hydrate. What a wise life choice you make. I've gone the opposite direction. Oh, okay. Tell me about I've, it. I mean, I don't have water. I guess that's... I, I'm drinking something that actively dehydrates you. It's alcohol. It's hmm. bourbon. It's oh, a okay. Coppercraft Distillery straight bourbon from Holland, Michigan. I like that bottle. That bottle is cool. Yeah, it is. The glare on the thing is tough, but yeah, it's pretty neat. It's like bourbon bottles are very fun. So, yeah. I continue to be confused about the rules of selling bourbon. Me too, because this is from Holland, Michigan, and I thought it had to be, I thought it was like champagne. I thought it had to be from like Kentucky. Yeah, that was always my understanding, but maybe not. I mean, I. Please ask Lucas about this. Yes, clarify. Because or maybe you already know. I definitely it says distilled in Indiana, which is still not Kentucky. Uh so I don't I don't know. Yeah. All I know is I joined a bourbon tasting club and I get bourbons, and they are from not only Kentucky. So here's where we're at. I mean, I don't I don't know, but I'm going to pull this little cork out and hope for some sort of sound. Sounds like a bunch of shit. <laughs> I mean, the, the trivia about good. bourbon. The cork sounded good, though. Yeah, yeah, it's the uh, it's the validity of it as a actual bourbon from the state of Michigan. But whatever. I don't give a damn for the whole state of Michigan. Oh, because of your uh, college football? <laughs> yes. Something I really care about. Um, let's see. What are we doing today on the show, Megan? Are we talking about the news and the uh, and the dynamite? 
reviews previous, news reviews previous. That's what we advertise. There there was no collision on Saturday. And that makes me sad because I've been having, I've been having a, uh, a great time catch. I caught up on a couple of collisions of late and I'm back. I'm like fully back into the watching everything mode. (laughs) Yeah, I really wish I was. I was kind of glad that there wasn't a collision because I would have missed it. Mm-hmm. But I want to get back in because the the last couple ones I've seen clips of on the Dynamites I watched, I was like, that looks pretty cool. Sorry, I missed it. But it seems like, you know, once you're past it, it's like, once you've made it to Dynamite, I'm not, I'm not going to go back. No, I obviously not. But, I mean, I feel like I'm very excited about this week's with Danielson and Junakiyama, mm-hmm. and and you know obviously I know who's going to win, but FTR versus <laughs> uh, Shane Taylor Promotions has good, you know, beef boy slapping potential too. Yeah, yeah, you know who's going to win, but it'll still be fun. Uh, I yeah. did also appreciate the fact that I guess Tony Khan was just like Collision won't do well against NBA sports entertainment. Um, no. It's that's not it. It's that Turner owns the rights to the to the All Star Weekend content. Oh, so they literally couldn't air their Collision show because the NBA content was airing. But they couldn't. I was. I mean, like they couldn't just like move it earlier, move it later, push it to Sunday or Friday. They usually like not. make allowances for this. That's why I'm saying he just. But I thought he assumed it was going to be a ratings tank. I don't know. I don't know why that decision was made, but I know that it couldn't air on Saturday because they were doing NBA stuff all evening. Well, there it was you like go. six to six to midnight or something. Was the oh my god? The, yeah, and then Sunday night was the All Star game itself, so that wouldn't work either. Okay, we d- still we've seen the. I guess they did the Friday rampage was early because of that too. Then, because I was going to say they they have. Before, yeah, put collision there. Yeah. All right. I can see how rescheduling collision would be a nightmare, so easier to cancel, but I was surprised. Me too. Okay. I've got some news to talk hey. about. Most of it happened today. Today was like a shockingly big news day. Um, and where is my... Where's our elite beat doc? A secret portfolio full of all of your news. Yeah. Okay. They just kind of like offhandedly mentioned that Supercard of Honor was going to be on uh, WrestleMania weekend last night. Mm hmm. I didn't realize that was the weekend. I. (laughs) Well, I caught the fact that Supercard of Honor was mentioned. I didn't put together that it was. Apparently going up against WrestleMania weekend, which seems silly. No, it's not. It's 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 the same slot that Ring of Honor's always done on WrestleMania weekend, the Friday night. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah. okay. Gonna say, yeah, there's no big. Like, I guess technically SmackDown is happening, but it's one of those things where there are so many people in town looking for stuff to do. Mm-hmm. That and especially and like with WrestleMania weekend, it may not be this way anymore because the indies are so barren. But uh, but it used to be that people would go to WrestleMania weekend not even to go to any WWE stuff, you know, just to like kind of 
bounce around to different indies. Yeah, yeah. I, because it was such a smorgasbord. And isn't Friday night, is it still the Hall of Fame? My, mm, I don't know, because, again, SmackDown is 8 to 10 on Friday. So it might, might be 10? I don't know. Mm. Because WrestleMania... Lucha Wrestling has a uh, comprehensive WrestleMania weekend um, like list of... All uh, the stuff? Like everything that's happening, yeah. Because WrestleMania has exploded into a two-night affair, right? So I, I'm assuming Saturday, Sunday. Yes, yeah. And there's probably a takeover somewhere in there. You'd I think, think last year it was like Saturday afternoon. Oh my god, okay, yeah, so they're just filling the full day. That's wild. Yeah. That's so much. Yeah, I, I do, I wonder if it's going to be on pay-per-view or if or if they're going to do the thing they did at the last pay-per-view where you can just get it if you subscribe to Honor Club. Because that was kind of cool. Yeah, it, I did we ever find out if they saw benefit from that? Were there any reports out about like growth to the service or like retention? Not, not that I saw. Um, okay, I'm looking at the Voices of Wrestling article that they've been updating. Uh, where are we? I think I'm on Thursday. Man, there's a lot of shows. Starts on Thursday. Oh, God. Oh, no. It started on Monday. <clears throat> okay. Friday, April 5th. Here we go. 3 p.m., 3 p.m., 6 p.m., 7 p.m. Okay. Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor, 8 p.m. The Lyacorus, the Lyacorus Center in Philadelphia, home of many dynamites. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... SmackDown. And also at 8 p.m.? Like, yes, it doesn't look like there's anything else, WWE-wise. Okay, interesting. NXT is running at noon on Saturday. Okay. is Did they drop the whole thing, or is it, like, somewhere between NXT and, and I don't know. I don't, see it, I don't see it on here. That surprises me. I thought that was like a real big deal to, yeah. to the company, not necessarily to everyone who watches. But do you think it's because it's kind of a bad year? What with Vince McMahon doing his Vince McMahoning? Um, maybe you know. I don't know. Uh, oh wait, no. This says WWE.com has. Okay, no, it looks like it has a listing for SmackDown and 2024 Hall of Fame ceremony. Okay, so probably so that 10 makes it sound like it's just happening like probably after SmackDown at the same building, I would guess. Right, okay. Huh, okay, all right. Anyway, there's a million shows. I might do the thing um, I did last year and subscribe to... Uh, GC or uh, uh, Fight Plus again mm -hmm. for the weekend just to see all the Game Changer shows. See see what Joey Janelle is up to when he's on his spring break. Yeah. Oh, sometimes I miss Joey. I'm like, you had fun. You and Sunny Rose. 
you guys had a time there. Sunny Kiss, yeah. Sunny Kiss. Desert, or Concrete Rose, Sunny Kiss. There we yeah. go. So I was like, yeah. I knew I had a reason for that. But yeah, um, I'm, I like that Joey has a spring break. I also like that apparently it's very easy to like get access to a lot of stuff just doing Fight Plus for a single weekend. They're going to have... I wonder if this is going to be part of it. They're having a Game Changer Wrestling versus Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling show. No shit. No shit. What about the other Game Game Changer Wrestling, Effie's Big Gay Brunch 9? Okay, yeah. Hell yeah. For the Culture. Uh, Sunny Kiss is wrestling on that show. Okay, yes, excellent. I'm glad Sunny's getting out there. I miss him on my TV. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Joey Janela Spring Break 8 on Friday at 7. So mm-hmm. that's a tough draw. That's head to head with, uh, you know. Hey, Nick Wayne's booked on that show. Whoa. Okay. Good for you, little Christian son. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's enough staring at this. Uh, I could just look at match listings all night. Um, <laughs> Okay, uh, okay, the other thing. Did you notice uh, Hangman uh, selling his uh, ankle at the end of the, the show? Mm, yes, and I wasn't, I'm always like questioning, did he really get hurt? Or is that just part of the gimmick? Uh, Brian Elber says, work, because, and the reason, and then John Rossap basically said like, yep, he's right. Um, because... Something, there's a family situation, uh, hopefully not much like mine, but uh, with um, Hangman, and it is unknown at this moment if he will be able to make the pay-per-view. So they are going to use this as an out if he cannot. Okay. Well, I hope everything is okay with his family, obviously, but I'm also glad his ankle is not actually hurt. Me too, yeah. So, so that's uh-huh. that's that's the reason for that. Um, Madison Rain is okay. I was not sure if there would be a news item or if we would just wait to get to that um, disaster when we get to it. But man, yikes! She tweeted, "Hi, I'm okay. Thanks so much to everyone who celebrated my dynamite return and those who checked on me afterwards." To those who have never stepped into a ring but tweeted awful things at me with zero knowledge of what actually happened, thanks for watching. Have a great day. Honestly, that's a good, healthy response to that. I'm sure there was horrible stuff online. Uh, I was real worried because the speed with which Paul Turner and Doc Samson just approached her. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, that for sure. That was a botch, but it was a bad botch. So I'm glad her neck and head are apparently okay, because that was wild. A, uh, a blue check rushed to uh, to make sure to tweet, glad you're okay. I enjoyed the match quite a bit. Nice comeback bout. You both rocked it, which is a lie. So I was going to say, that's... <laughs> Perhaps swinging too much in the positive direction. Yeah. Because it was... It sucked. Uh, a mess. Uh, it was a mess. And I, I don't even normally I, go that I'm hard. Glad she's okay. <laughs> I'm glad she's okay. But the match was terrible. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> They've known each other 10 years, we were told. I could not tell. Seemed like they had just met 
hours earlier. Yes. Um. Yikes. <laughs> but she's okay, so that's good. Oh, yes, very good. That was, I, I gasped at that. It was horrifying. Horrifying. Uh, Andrew Zarian of the Matt Men podcast, and a person who is known to know things, but he's one of those annoying knowing things people who will tweet eye emojis when he knows something. Oh, my uh, God. Instead of, instead of actually telling you what he knows. Um, but it's really funny. So um, Mike Johnson of PW Insider, uh, he wrote a story about how um, uh, AEW was going to run a pay-per-view this year at uh, Arthur Ashe instead of doing Grand Slam there. And the speed after this happened at which Andrew Zarian then tweeted out what he knew, which was the whole story was amazing. It was just like, why don't you fucking like, just, you know, like tweet, what you, if you have news, break the fucking news. Like, yeah. so anyway, the news is forbidden door at Arthur Ashe. Ooh. Interesting. Is, yeah. I, I feel like they've really touted Arthur Ashe as the grand slam place. And, and Grand Slam is like a a very, I guess, well protected show. It's always really good for like a typical dynamite. So interesting why they would. Are they? St- I mean, are they still going to do Grand Slam there, or is this like a replacement? Is this what so, Arthur Ashe is being used for instead? <laughs> so, um, Zarian then tweeted out. Oh gosh. AEW Grand Slam will still happen this September, but the location will be Louis Armstrong Stadium in Queens, New York. Louis Armstrong Stadium is located on the same premise as Arthur Ashe Stadium. So there's this big, I think it's called the Billie Jean King Tennis Complex, and or something like that. It's, I know it's Billie Jean King in the title. Um, but the they have like the main, like where all the big stars, the draws, uh, play their matches is at Arthur Ashe and mm. then there's like a smaller venue on the same grounds uh, called the Louis Armstrong Stadium okay um, so it's like 14,000 whereas Arthur Ashe is like 23,000 yeah so that's probably good you know yeah my immediate question was is this due to low tickets all that well last year yeah. Well, I don't know if it's because of just I, I think it's because you just don't want to run the same venue those that close together. So just run a different, you know, different thing. Um I think I think I think Forbidden Door will sell out. I do too, because it's really the chance to go see like the Japanese has, talent that and, you know. and it has like a track record now. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um let me send you the picture of uh, that Zarian tweeted out of or of the uh, Louis Armstrong. I think it's kind of it, like um, <laughs> the the thing that it evoked to me actually in its verticality uh, oh is the Galactic Senate from the first couple Star Wars movies. Oh my god! I guess like for well the, from the prequels, I should say. Um, oh yeah, maybe it's just this picture, but I see what you're saying because it's like a fisheye lens, but. Right, but it does appear to be more vertical than spread out, like like Arthur Ashe's. Yeah, that tennis 
uh, court is pretty much like. I don't know how much bigger it is than a wrestling ring, but it's I could see how like, you know, a lot of the seating is pretty close and upward. Yes. So then Zarian um, oh tweeted out soon after. I deleted a previous post regarding Grand Slam. Too soon to announce the location. Things are changing. My apologies. So I don't know if he got out over his skis uh, and his zeal to uh, beat Mike Johnson to the punch uh, with these with these uh, news items, or if somebody at AEW was just like, "Shut up! It's not uh, done deal yet," or something like that. <laughs> hey, you're wrong for right now. Yeah. So I'm not a sure. Um. But yeah, so, uh, oh, and then I guess the other big news item is that All Elite Wrestling signed uh, Jennifer Pepperman. Should I know who that is? No, but I'm going to tell okay. you who she is. Okay. Um, she is now um, AEW's Vice President of Content Development. Okay. And she was a director and coordinator and producer on as the world turns uh guiding light and one life to live so she comes from the world of soap operas right interesting yeah yes and she was with wwe for the past few years oh word is uh is especially close to uh the now mercedes monet oh so she's a writer um in addition to, you know, uh, all that stuff. But um, I think she is, although her she she has Emmys. She's won. She's won an Emmy um, for uh, As the World Turns. Sure. A, a daytime Emmy. Um, yeah, I was going <laughs> to clarify. <laughs> uh, but yes, Jennifer Pepperman. And uh, yes, she is now All Elite Vice President of Content Development. And honestly, I another woman's creative voice in the room is i don't think that's the worst thing no i think it's a great thing i mean i think me and jenny were calling for it way 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 back uh so yeah this to me is good news i also love the soapy background because wrestling it's like a soap with fighting really yes and i am i am like always of the opinion that they should always be even if it's at like a lower mid-card level there should always be some kind of romance storyline going on on the show. Well, we've got one. We do have one. And it's really goofy. And maybe she can make it, like, better. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I. It would be great if she could inject some life into that. Because I found myself asking, what's going on with Ruby and, uh, y- you know, Cool Hand? Mm-hmm. Well, they went on a date. And I assume we're going to see footage of it on, like, collision or rampage or something yeah i guess maybe that's why i missed out on the detail i i was like i remember hearing about it a lot more on dynamite earlier but now it feels like i haven't gotten any updates on their relationship and how much soraya hates it but maybe it's because i've been missing collisions so did you see did you watch rampage this past week i did not oh my god there was a great bit with soraya and harley Oh gosh! Oh man, they made they made like a season six Simpsons reference, and I was so happy 
I mean, I know that that's like way, way out of date because season six of the Simpsons was 1995, but it, it delighted me. So. Were they either of them born at that point? Uh, I mean, Soraya certainly was. Okay, good. I don't know, man. I think everybody's like a Disney kid at this point. Like <laughs> Harley might not have been. I don't know how old Harley Cameron is. But uh, anyway, no, there's there's like definitely a weird there's like Harley Soraya stuff going on backstage with Renee every week on Rampage. And I'm like, I'm wildly entertained by it. Damn. Okay. I, w- I mean, I was enjoying it when Harley showed up. I was like, oh, man, what's going on here? And then I, I thought they should, were. I think you should watch Rampage again. It's not just for the perverts anymore. Okay. Yeah. It's not just for the perverts. Well, that was the main reason I was staying away from it. So it's good to know. Man. I have I have no idea when she was born. She moved to the United States in 2018 to further her career in singing and modeling. Okay. Let's assume she was at youngest 18 at that time. That would be 2000s. Her husband is a former professional rugby league footballer who is always oh, in WWE. Okay. Oh, is he like somebody, is he somebody who actually makes it on television or is he just, I don't know. I feel like I've heard the name Zion Quinn. I didn't know that was him. Okay. And then she started training at Tyler Breeze and Sean Spears school in 2021. Oh, wow. So she's like, pretty recent yes okay. i liked it when she said roll the footage governor on qtv <laughs> think qtv will come back now that he's back in the company <sighs> i don't know he said he wouldn't wrestle but that doesn't mean he can't do like the skits can, like that yeah he can still be qtv man i did find that entertaining i'll i'll give qt credit for that one I don't care to see him in the ring, but I thought that was a pretty fun parody. So maybe, you know, what else is Aaron Solo doing? It, like literally nothing. Remember when he had like the gimmick of um, like breath spray for a while there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was something. Because that's part. I mean, that was part of the the parody. Sure. Yeah, but then he would like incorporate it into his like ring spray in the eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a good weapon to have against. You know, people coming at you. True. All right. I think there's nothing left except for us to talk about. Ollie Wrestling. Dynamite. Oh, they did point two nine yesterday. Okay. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well. They didn't, think- they didn't really announce much going in. I think I, um, Tony Khan says there were like big travel issues with this show. Oh, so, man, that sucks. He did not feel confident announcing much beforehand. Okay. Yeah, the weather around. That's, that's why we got two women's matches. <laughs> that's what it takes. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. We can't have weather issues every week. Or at least I don't want to. Let's not do that. <sighs> okay, well, uh, I I watched the show recently, and I feel like I enjoyed it overall. So I'm going to go ahead and say at the beginning here, tentatively, I thought this was a good show. We'll see how it breaks down. It starts out very strong uh, because the opening match is FTR against uh, 
Moxley and Claudio representing BCC. And as is standard, but that we don't always get reminded of, 20, oh, there's a 20-minute time limit to this match, but also Andy is signaling, and it has to be mentioned, Moxley is wearing a very cool rash guard when he comes out. That's new, right? That wasn't on last week's show. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Amanda and I didn't discuss it, but yeah, he he was looking stylish. Claudio was just wearing a t-shirt, um, which is fine. That's his deal. But yeah, these uh, these four men really beat the crap out of each other. Um, they took it all the way to the standard 20-minute time limit that we barely ever hear about. Uh, we actually got the 15-minute mark, three minutes left, two minutes left, and then uh, and then you know it ended with basically. Moxley was in Harwood had a sharpshooter on Moxley and then who was the legal man. So those the those two were actually the ones who counted. And then Claudio uh also applied a sharpshooter to Cash Wheeler. So we had a dueling sharpshooter situation where only one man really had the power to win, and then the the time counted down. And so everyone lost, and then the crowd was like, fuck this. We hate this result. <laughs> And they were very mad. So it was kind of a anticlimactic end to a very hard-hitting match. But I kind of get why you also don't want either of these teams to lose. So here we are. What did you think, Andy? I thought that it was um, a good match. And I can understand why those people are frustrated because they didn't get a finish. But... They have to understand that there's going to be 15,000 people in North Carolina who are going to get to see a rematch that will probably be even better. Yeah. But it's really aggravating to know that. I also did like that they played because they almost like set it up because they played with the time limit last week, too, in the Dax versus Moxley match where it came very close to. Um, time expiring before um, mm-hmm. Mox got the win. Yeah. Yeah. So stronger as a team, obviously. But yeah, um, the crowd was very unhappy that they didn't get to see the end of this match the way they wanted it. And as you said, there was a reason for it. It's just like, you know, I understand. They're pissed. Um, yeah, so... The crowd was booing, and then Moxley and Claudio and FTR, they all were also pissed, and they started going after each other again. And it required the whole the whole locker room, or most of the locker room, security, um, refs, to try and break this up. It was very chaotic. I actually thought it was pretty funny. Like, they, at one point, there was, like, a close-up of Claudio's face because he was sitting on the outside um, barriers, kind of surveying the insanity and one of the FTR ran up to him and it was just like okay let's go and so then they're fighting and screaming at each other and I don't know it was just <laughs> it was a mess they they shuffled them all to the back eventually but everyone's pissed um, I guess the crowd was a little less pissed that they got to see a, a chaotic brawl after the fact I think that weirdly settled them down and made them okay with it so all those guys leave eventually uh, and then we go backstage with Renee, who was talking to Orange Cassidy. Um, 
she goes down his whole history with uh, recent matches and how the best friends basically have been sort of sabotaged by the kingdom. Um, and basically, like, she points out that Orange, he, she needs to know if he's been cleared to mat or for the match tonight because he's had so many injuries and, like, you know, defenses. And uh, Doc Sampson's here. So Re- Orange says, I don't know if I'm clear to ask him. And Renee looks to Doc Sampson. She's like, what's the verdict? And he says, unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess, Orange Cassidy has met the minimum medical clearance required so he can he can have his match. And Renee is, like, shocked by this. I guess she was expecting that not to happen. But Orange is like, I guess I'm cleared. I'm going to go take Trent's place in the match he had scheduled for tonight, which is against uh, Mike Bennett. Um, so, yeah, that is that is Orange's sitch. Poor Doc Sampson. He looks like a real idiot. Because <laughs> he had to clear someone, but he didn't want to. Yeah. It's like, you're yeah, the doctor. You can make him this judgment call. Yeah, you really didn't have to tell. Like, there's not like a, there wasn't like paperwork that you had to lie about. You could have said no. Orange Cassidy doesn't have a constitutional right to defend his <laughs> international title or whatever. The, I guess it was that there wasn't a title match. So even it was even less important then. Mm-hmm. Well, he had to like defend his friends, I think mm-hmm. was the, the main deal. Um, I appreciated that after the break, they showed like a nice recap package of all the bad stuff that's been happening to the best friends. Yeah, it it's not good. I mean, if I remember correctly, because I was like, because I was like, what happened to Chuck? And, and then I was like, oh yeah, that happened to Chuck. He got attacked. Yeah. Um, and Rocky, I, this all happened on Collision, which is why I didn't immediately come to mind for me. But yeah, Chuck got attacked backstage. Rocky got attacked in the ring. It was like real nasty chair thing. And then uh, Trent was not cleared because he had a match. Last week, I believe, or sometime recently. So he just got injured to the point where he wasn't cleared. Uh, so Orange was alone. Um, I guess also he had <laughs> gone yeah, to. I think, they... was, I think it was Rapungi and Orange had a six man against David and Bennett and Roddy, maybe? The, ki- the whole like Undisputed Kingdom? I think so, yeah. Okay. Well, I, either way, they said Trent's not there because he's injured. And Rocky and uh, Chuck were also injured. Yeah. But I guess also, like, playing into Orange's current medical state is that he did a Rev Pro show this weekend and as a surprise. And he defended his international title against seven other people. Six other people because it was a seven-way match. So that's kind of, you know, that would take a lot out of you. And then he went to do promo work for all in so he was in Wembley Stadium so between the travel and the work like man tired boy he wrestled let's see he descended his title against Cameron Kai Flash Morgan Webster oh I remember him Richard Holiday Shaw Samuels isn't Shaw Samuels another Next to UK or did he go by that? I think so. And Shikahiro Eri and Spike Trivet. Okay, well, Flash Morgan Webster's cool. 
Yeah. Yeah. The mod father himself. Yep. I remember that guy. <laughs> Do you think he still like wears his helmet? I hope so. If it's like it was like a fun gimmick. Yeah. What was his partner's name? The little flippy guy? Oh, oh, he had like a skateboard, I think. I don't I feel like it was just a normal person name. You know? Yeah, was it something no, it's that's Tyler Bate. I want to say Mark something. Yeah, that sounds right. I can't think of it though. Yeah, he was I liked their little tag team. I thought they were cool. Uh but alas, NXT UK got me tooed and cleaned out. But not those guys. No, those sweet boys survived, so good for them. Mark Andrews. Okay, yeah, that's just like a that's just like a guy name. Eh. Very much so. Yeah. So that's what Orange was up to. But he will be fighting tonight. And uh, we'll get to that in just a second. But before Orange's match against Mike Bennett, we do go backstage where Alex Marvez has found FTR. And they are so angry. And they were like, 10 more seconds. And we would have had that match. Uh, and Dax... Two, four, five, ten seconds. Yeah, I think Cash said that. And then Dax was like, doesn't matter. No more seconds. Doesn't matter. Uh, I, love this, I love this business. And my family. And my family. Don't be a fool. Uh, but he's like, we can settle this at Revolution. We're, we're just, we're going to do it. And then, uh, of course, Moxley and Claudio just fi- find them. And so there's more screaming and going at each other. Um, but the the gaggle of security and referees hold them up back from each other. So. They don't get to fight again, but they're all very, it's a lot of testosterone. It's very heated. So look forward to revolution. Uh, you know, Megan, I do look forward to revolution because that yeah. card is fucking stacked. And we'll talk all about that next week on the program. Yeah, we got one more week and we have to do our predictions and whatnot. Yep. But that's one of the matches. So be, get ready. Um. After that, this is when we go and to the to ring and see Orange take on Mike Bennett. Um, Bennett is a very mean boy, uh, and Orange is obviously, you know, struggling a little bit. But he puts up a fight, and he he does his best, and he does win. But like Mike Bennett, I don't know what to think of Mike Bennett. I guess I never really had like an opinion of him. So when I see him do cool stuff, I'm like, oh. Wow, I guess he's pretty good at it. He's very. I think he and Taven are both excellent, and I don't know if they're ever going to really get over, but they're trying. <laughs> they're they're trying I mean, hard. I think he's over as a heel. The people were very. They did not like him. They were booing him. I think in the way you're supposed to with a heel. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll have to see. We'll just we'll see how much of Adam Cole's heat kind of rubs off on these guys. In the long term. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mike Bennett, he seemed pretty cocky coming in, but Orange Orange got him. He, uh, it, it took a lot, but he uh, countered a, I believe it was three pile drivers, pile driver attempts by uh, Mike Bennett, and he just got his beach break in, got, got him pinned. I thought it was kind of, like, sudden. 
but you know it made sense this show was pile driver crazy we love head injuries up yeah. in here get the pile drivers yeah but yeah uh orange got the pin naturally matt taven mike bennett's best friend was pissed about this and he ran out with roderick and they just like we're gonna kick orange's ass and out of nowhere an unlikely ally to me because i feel like there was no build-up to this but jake hager he just he runs out and makes the save to orange and uh everybody really loves him because he's in the hometown his hometown um yeah it's funny i uh i was happy to see him and this is like really the first time we've ever seen him as a babyface in AEW. i mean i guess you could say one of those what about when uh yeah blood and guts for um stadium stampede against the 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 uh pinnacle i guess he was a baby face at that point but kind of just by default right um he was like actively doing a good thing here which i don't think he's ever done before in AEW, and it was it was it was kind of nice to see, and he got the big hometown reaction, and he and Roddy are going to have a match on Rampage, which they taped later that night, so I'm sure it'll be good heat for that match. I was uh, I was trying to figure out like how could they how could they do a match where he can win, and then and then I, I just thought like oh he and Orange can team up because he kind of just like looked like a giant Orange Cassidy. Um, yeah, he had shades on. <laughs> which would be kind of a fun gimmick for him for a while if they wanted to do it. But I have a feeling he was only here because it was his hometown. So, because mm-hmm. he hasn't been used in a while. No, not since the uh, the breaking up of the JAS. Yeah, but I was thinking, oh, maybe he and Orange will team up against the Kingdom. And I thought, oh, but Kingdom, have they have tag team titles. They shouldn't lose a match like that. And then they just announced that it was Hager versus Roderick. And I was like, oh, so he's just going to lose <laughs> in Tulsa. Because <laughs> obviously through... Roddy's not going to lose before Revolution. Yeah, but that means they'll probably have to do some shenanigans with, like, cheating or something, which, you know. Probably. I just wanted him to get a big win in, in his hometown. Yeah, logistically, he's a giant compared to Roderick Strong. I feel like he should win. <laughs> but it also makes perfect sense not to. So, sorry, Hager. But yeah, that's what comes of that match. Uh, after that, we get our update on the romantic happenings of Angelo Parker and Ruby Soho. Renee is backstage with Angelo in like the parking area, and she's like, "So you're going on a date tonight, huh?" And he's he's like, "Yep, I'm pretty excited." And Ruby walks over wearing a dress, and uh, everybody looks flustered and like, you know all like my crushes here and then renee's like well i'll leave you guys to it and so angela like puts his arm out so ruby can take it and then she's like there's a big white like suv that pulls up with tinted windows behind them and she's like oh is that our car and he goes uh no i ordered a lift hope that's okay (laughs) and she's like okay and so they walk away and then the camera guy goes up to that big fancy white suv and uh we see Mr. Ric Flair, get out of the car. Feet first. They try Besides, to keep it a secret. Yeah. It's just like, it's like <laughs> okay, I'm going to break the scoop, but I want to do it on my own time. I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a motivated, dramatic cameraman. 
yep, it's like the car's here, man. <laughs> but they focus on the feet, and it's like, is this going to tell me something? No, he, he's wearing the same uh, high leg pants and no socks with the slip-ons as everyone else. Could have been non-callous. Wouldn't have known until they got to his face. So Ric Flair is here. Why can't he just wear a suit? Ric Flair is one of the like most famous suit wearers in the history of wrestling. He just he used to just wear like you know obviously to the ring he'd wear crazy feathered robes and stuff mm-hmm. that was his deal. But for promo segments and things he would he would always be dressed up in the nicest suits you know. Yeah. And uh, now he's just he just I don't know he just looks like a clown all the time. I feel like somebody one of those young guys in AEW one of those young fashion men got a hold of him and was like. No, you know what happened. He got, he he weirdly got tied up in hip hop culture. What? Because of a song called Ric Flair Drip. Oh God. Which is, I think, about using cocaine. But anyway, so he was <laughs> in the music know? video. He was in the music video for the rapper of Ric Flair, Ric Flair Drip, and I can't remember the name of the rapper right now. But I think, I think he was badly influenced by. Uh, fashion that is not of his time or culture <laughs> and and it's just it's an awful marriage okay uh just and i googled while you were explaining this rick flair drip is a song by american rapper offset and american record producer metro boomin oh offset yeah like used to be married to cardi b or maybe still is married to cardi b i have no idea this is not my world uh it was you know cardi b though like you know who that yeah is. yeah i just i don't know any of like the the relationship statuses in the hip hop world, um, it was included on their collaborative studio album with Twenty One Savage, titled "Without Warning." Oh, so um, and, and I love that Wikipedia tells me the genre is trap, comma, hi-fi. 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 Is it like that? H- I was thinking like sci-fi. H-Y-P-H-Y? Yep. Yeah. Hi-fi. I feel okay. So yeah. Um, well, that's interesting. I just assumed Ric Flair, like maybe even it was Andrade who taught him about. Oh, I mean that could be too. I... That could be too. It's got all these young hip people in his ear. Yeah, I just neither of those things anymore. I yeah. I mean, if that's what he wants to do, okay. But I think you're right. He's of a certain age where just wearing a nice suit, looking like a professional, hearkening back to the days of when you had to wear a suit backstage and shake everybody's hand. Like it makes total sense for him and where he came from would be totally fine. But here he is <laughs> looking, looking fashiony. So he's in the building. Um, Absolutely. and, uh, he, he goes back or he walks in from the parking lot. I believe there's like a commercial or something to break that up, but he walks in and Renee is there and she's like, Hey, Rick, are you here to like talk about, you know, Sting's final match at Revolution? Like it's coming up. And Rick is like really serious in a way. I don't think he normally is. He's kind of quiet. And he says he doesn't really care who likes it, but his true feelings are that he's upset. He's not a bigger part of things. Like he thought it would be be more, I guess, about him. I don't he's like, I'm not upset about or at Sting, but you know. I haven't been around for three to four weeks and I'm a little disappointed about that. So I'm going to explore my options. And Renee's like, Oh, okay. (laughs) And then he walks away and goes over to this door that's right there. And he knocks on it and it's the young bucks locker room. 
And he says, boys, you got time to talk? And they're like, sure. Uh, and they bring him in, but not the camera. So Ric Flair is up to some business with the Bucks. And we don't get to know what it is. But I'm sure it's not good. So uh, Ric Flair, one of the things he's famous for, um, one of the non, you know, illegal things that he's famous for, is all the times he's turned on Sting. Mm. Like he, he's done it a lot. Oh like, no! Why is why it, is Sting not suspicious of this man? Well, unfortunately, he seems to have wised up in his later years. But Sting was very much an idiot babyface in uh, like the late eighties, early nineties, and he just got he just kept getting turned on by Ric Flair. Like Ric Flair oh. would, it was like Lucy in the football. He would just always convince him that uh, that this time he was his friend, and then and then the four horsemen would beat the shit out of him. One time Sting. they like recruited him to join the four horsemen, and then they beat the shit out of him. So. Oh my god, Sting! You should learn. I didn't realize this, Sting. Yeah. Why? Why were you so happy to have him show up? I don't know. I, uh, you know, well, they, you know, they. It's it's been a long time since the mid nineties. You know. Yeah, but like you know, if he has a track record for it, that's okay. This makes a lot more sense. I mean, I thought this was just like here's how we do a add to this angle, but man, what a burn. <laughs> Sting should watch the product. He should know what's going on. He should watch the product. I agree with you, Megan. <sighs> so that's that's where we leave Ric Flair. And I I don't believe he comes back. Um, I don't remember seeing him again on the show. I feel like he was just there to meet the no, Bucks. We didn't see him or the Bucks again. Yeah, so they're scheming. <sighs> Luckily, the Bucks have changed out of their gross, bloody suits. That was my takeaway. So, okay, um, after that, we go back to the ring. Tony's out there, and he he is here to... Tony Schiavone, not Tony Khan. Uh, he is here to welcome Daniel Garcia out. He is, you know, upcoming talent. He's getting a big push right now. And also, last week, he had his match against Adam Copeland that got interfered with by the patriarchy. And so, Tony lets us know that Adam is not able to compete after Christian Cage's attack. So they were fighting. Uh, Copeland and Garcia had their match originally to determine who would face Christian for the TNT title. And so since Adam's out, he says Garcia gets that shot, um, even though he didn't technically win. Um, so at, at Revolution, uh, Garcia gets to fight Christian. And the crowd loves it. They're, like, in love with Dato Garcia. He's very he's very babyface, and he, like, thanks them, and he says he didn't believe in himself a few months ago. He was, like, on a losing streak. He was at the lowest point in his career and life, which sounds very dramatic. Um, but that's because, you know, his Continental Classic run was bad. Um, <laughs> so he just, he needed, he said he needed three seconds. That's all he needed to change his life. Um, and it was the fans who picked him back up when he was down on himself and he believes that if Adam, if the interference hadn't happened last week, Adam Copeland would have been tapping out to him. So, you know, he's he's still going to go after him, but Christian is obviously the main person in his sights for now. Um, and he says he will be taking that title because obviously, and this is enough to prompt Christian to come out. He's got his whole family uh, with him, and he's like, look, Adam's never going to get another title shot at the TNT championship. It's mine. And the only reason we messed with you last week was because you were with Adam 
and in the way. And he's like, I respect you, kid, but I don't think you should have your title shot at Revolution. It's too soon. You aren't ready. And, you know, you, you, you do your dancing, you distract the crowd and cater to the fans. And that's just to hide the fact that you're just not ready. You're just not good at this yet. Um, and then he like goes dark. He goes into patriarchy territory where he's like, hey, speaking of dads, because I always am. I'm Christian Cage. Didn't you have kind of a shitty dad? And he starts talking about how, well, he opens by doxing uh, Daniel's Garcia's mom. He says her address. So I don't know. I don't know if this is true or not, but John Ross Sapp tweeted out uh, that he like Googled the address. I don't remember it anymore, so I can't do it myself. Um, yep. And it, <laughs> like the Google, like the street level view was the picture of a cemetery. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking respect. Okay. So yeah, he, he says like, do you know a Jackie Garcia from Buffalo who lives at whatever the apparently cemetery address was? And he goes, she was married to a man named David Garcia who is dead? That's your father, and he is dead. <laughs> and he's like, I know that it would be so nice for you to win that TNT title for your as a tribute for your father, but we both know that he was a piece of crap. He was a loser alcoholic. And he says, listen, Danny, unlike your dad, your dead dad, <laughs> I don't want to hurt you. I want to help you realize your full potential. So I don't want to be your opponent. He literally says the words, I want to be your father. And Garcia looks at him like he's absolutely out of his mind, which he is. And he just gets really mad. And he's like, if you mention my mother again, I want to kill you. And since you're here, why don't you get in the ring and I'll put you in the ground right next to my dad, who was dead. Um, and Christian obviously isn't going to do this. So instead, he sends his boy, Nick Wayne, in. Nick Wayne is immediately taken down and put into the Dragon Tamer. And so Christian's like, that's okay, I got another guy. He sends Killswitch slash Luchasaurus. And uh, he doesn't make it to the ring because Matt Menard, Daniel Garcia's best friend, is there to hit him with a chair. So he stops that. And then he throws Garcia a chair. And uh, the two of them are ready to go. And this is enough for Christian and the patriarchy to be like, eh, too much. And so they leave. Uh, But he... Christian is, like, yelling as the camera pans away, like, I just want to guide you. I don't want to hurt you. I just want to guide you. And I'm just like, Christian, you're freaking amazing. I love you. It's a good promo for Garcia. Maybe his best. Um, And, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like, are they just stretching out the Copeland thing a little longer? Like, maybe... Maybe that's double or nothing. I would assume because I'm guessing you didn't see any news reports of him actually being injured. I no. was fully like, well, this is just a way to like stretch it out or at least not put him on this pay-per-view. But ultimately, he's the one who's going to have to take that off Christian, right? Like that's that's the story. Yeah, I guess. Although, like, I mean, God, it would be a, it would be a big thing for Daniel Garcia to to get that title right now from Christian. <laughs> Yeah, which also surprises me because it feels like to do the story I'm assuming I'm going to get, they have to hurt 
Daniel Garcia's chance at a big win, but also maybe like maybe he's in a good enough place or he's getting pushed enough where that would just be like fuel on the fire and it wouldn't hurt him so much. But I don't know. I was kind of surprised. Yeah, I I'm I'm just surprised that I mean, is this the first Copeland? Well, I guess there's only been like there's only been like one pay per view since Copeland showed up, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess this is the first. Yeah, this is the first non Copeland pay per view of the two pay per views he's been around for. <laughs> yeah, and who's to say he won't just like show up anyway at the end of the match to cause issues for Christian? I don't think he'll interfere necessarily, but you know, just. Doesn't it feel like it's been forever since a pay-per-view, given, like, what a torrid pace they were on in the second half of last year? Yeah, kind of. I was trying to think, like, I know I was at your house for the last one, and that was... That was no, you were not. Oh, no, I uh, wasn't. Because Jenny and I were both both got sick the week of Christmas. Oh, maybe that's why it seems extra long. Yeah. Yeah, you were you you and everybody were over... Um, in November for full gear, but yeah, nobody mm. came up for World's End at the end of uh, December. Okay. Yeah. yeah, just it feels like we should have had a show before now, but that's okay. It's a week from Sunday. We're almost there. <sighs> okay, so that's another um, match on the Revolution card. Christian and that'll be good. Yeah, I'm I'm good with it. Um, after that we go backstage, and Renee is talking to Hangman, RVD, and Hook, uh, who are in the main event tonight. They're teaming up, and she's like, that six man tag is so weird. It like, totally what a, is. What a random assortment of people. No, it totally is. Me and Amanda both thought we were like, what's going on? Um, I don't know that there's any clarification around what's going on after the the end of the show, but like, this is happening. (laughs) So they're like, Renee just goes, so what's the plan? And Adam takes charge and he's like, tonight is full of opportunities. Um, we've got hook here. He can get revenge on Brian cage. Who's on the other side. RVD can get revenge on swerve. Who's on the other side. Um, even though realistically, I feel like Adam would want to get revenge on Swerve, but he assigns that to RVD, and he also like sort of throws shade at him by saying, you know, if you had beaten him a few weeks ago, we wouldn't even be in this mess. And RVD is like, what the hell? Like, why am I getting attacked? And then he goes, wait, is Prince Nana here? Because I already might have something uh, I'm interested in. Is he here? <laughs> and Adam's just like, no. Come on. And he like storms away and then RVD looks at Renee and, and Hook and he goes, but seriously, is Prince Nana here? And so this is the team. Seems like there's a little strife. Hook didn't say anything because he's Hook. Um, but yeah. So I uh, I watched most of the show in bed last night um, because Jenny, it's, you know, it's year end. So uh, she's extra not paying attention to AEW right now. And um, so she worked until, I don't know, like late. And she walked in, actually she walked in later. It was, it was way later than this, but anyway, it applies. So she walked in and she saw hangman. I think it was during his entrance. Uh Oh, 
And she goes, oh, it's got a terrible mustache. And I laugh because, yes, and it's like, yeah, yeah, that's the point, Jenny. That's the point. It's got a terrible mustache. And I chuckled to myself. And then she, lo- she lowered the hammer and said, and his hair is, and he's losing his hair. And I was like, oh, Jenny. Oh, God. She's right. <laughs> you can, when it's wet, you can see it thinning. <laughs> it's true. I feel like at this stage, this is when these these men who cling to the long hair should just like shorten it up. I feel like with it, if it's shorter, you can you can play with it a little more. You can the thinning isn't always as apparent, but yeah, I I can't believe she dropped the hammer on Hangman, a man she used to love. Now, Mox kind of did that pivot, right? Like, he never had super long hair, but, like, once it was really going, he, he got rid of he, Like, he wasn't, he didn't hang on to it for too long. No, and I think that's just the best way to go. You just, you get people used to seeing you with less hair, and then if you have to go full bald, it's not as much of a jump as, like, I've been clinging to my long wrestler hair yeah. for years. Yeah. Um, speaking of hair, this is unrelated to anything we're doing here, but... I sent you a text last week, um, and I wasn't sure exactly when you were recording, but I sent you a text, and I was hoping that you would include it as part of, you know, what you guys were talking about, but you didn't. That's fine. That's fine. But it was an update on the, like, insane ticket sales for the big CMLL show at Arena Mexico with BCC versus the, the Luchadors. Yes. And that thing is, like, that thing, I think that thing might be sold out at this point, but, um, but anyway... So something that I heard this past week, I don't remember where I heard it or read it, but anyway, uh, Danielson really, really his, his like his dream opponent for a long time has been Blue Panther, who's one of the men on who's on the other side of the ring there, mm-hmm. and he's he's the uh, I think he's the unmasked Luchador in the match. The orange one? Uh, no, not Volador, but okay. <laughs> in the Arena Mexico, it's a different configuration of men that they're facing. Okay. Uh, like Blue Panther hasn't appeared on AEW television, so, okay. but he is like he's like an all-time legendary luchador, and Danielson's always wanted to work him. He's always wanted to work him in the Reign of Mexico, and he's always wanted to have a hair versus hair match against him. So, I think this might, in the long run, get us because you know he's he's doing he's he's like he's really like make a wishing his last year here and uh, as a full-time Hell wrestler. Yeah. And uh, I think we might get, like, uh, Bald Danielson uh, one more time. You know what? He can carry it. It's fine. He can. I, I, and I honestly, like, I like him when he has, like, kind of an in-between look. Yeah. I think, I think he just lets it get too, he lets it get too crazy. Now, I'm looking, granted, these images appear to be from a huge span of time. I Google Blue Panther CMLL. It doesn't look like he has a lot of hair. Can you do a hair versus hair if you don't have a lot of hair? Is sure. it as compelling? Uh, okay. I mean, I think that, yeah. So, in my opinion, the money in a hair versus hair match is not just like, oh my God, which of these men will lose their hair? I think it's also compelling if you like, I know that Brian Danielson's getting his fucking head shaved. I'm going to get to see it. You know, You know <laughs> like, the one who has the most hair is going to lose his hair. Probably, okay. yes. Yeah. I just I didn't know if there was like a or like how equal of a, a risk we were taking here, but yeah, it doesn't. Granted, this man is wearing a mask, but there's not much hair coming out underneath it, so. That's, yes. Um, 
I'm trying to see when he lost his mask. He lost his mask in 2008. So it's is been he old. like is he really old? Yes. Okay, I was gonna say because that the picture I'm seeing, he's just straight up bald in some of these. He's 63. I, he's sting age. Now you might be seeing him in the aftermath of uh, hair versus hair matches because he's had a lot of those since he lost. Oh. He's he lost a hair versus hair match in 2013 and in 2017. So it's possible you're seeing like pictures from shortly after those matches. Oh yeah yeah okay. If I go further down, he does have not still not like what I'd call long hair, but he has more hair. Okay, so this man, so there's like a precedent. He does hair versus hair matches apparently enough that you you said he might be bald because of it. So, okay. Yeah, right, yeah. Okay. I'm looking at the Arena Mexico. He's, yeah, his hair, like, he, you know, the I'm looking at the graphic. Man, he looks haggard. But his hair is long <laughs> in, the, in, the, in this graphic I'm looking at. Well, he's in the 60s, you know. <laughs> I can't, how do I... He is a 60-something-year-old luchador. I feel like you can look haggard. How can I get this picture to you? I don't know. Um, um, if I save it? Or if yeah, I copy You, could, you can I probably copy just copy it, and put it in the chat. Put it in the chat, yeah. Yeah, this... Okay, this is wild. This was not um, who I was picturing for Brian Danielson to be, like, very hardcore invested in having a match against. Yeah. But you see, he's got like he's got pretty long hair there. Oh, yeah. At least he's got some that's actually coming out from under his mask. So th- yeah, that's longer than any of the pictures I'm seeing that I just literally did Google image search on. So okay, okay. Man, yeah. this picture, this match picture is what a what a crew <laughs> on the left side. <laughs> I don't know why he's has a mask on in the picture. I don't know if if he maybe wears it to the ring and takes it off because, you know, he lost his mask in 2008. Yeah. Aren't you not allowed to just put it back on? You're not supposed to, but I feel like like Rey Mysterio broke, like, everyone's, like, basically, like, broke hundreds of years of tradition by putting it back on, so maybe nobody cares anymore. Yeah, but he's in, like, WWE. That's, like, a whole just different universe of... uh, I thought hardcore, like, Lucha... Mexican wrestling, they'd be like, "Don't do that." Well, the whole thing for like a while though, when when Ray signed with WWE and they put the mask back on, was like, "Well, Ray's not going to be able to work Mexico tour because he his you know he he, uh, he betrayed he's it, committed this whole this horrible sin, putting the mask back on." And then and I was like, "Oh man, that's serious." And then he just went to Mexico and wore the mask and nobody gave a shit. <laughs> like and- like. People on the internet got mad, but it's like, okay, well, that's not the real world, though, you know? But people in Mexico were like, Rey Mysterio rules. Rey Mysterio, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they were less mad about it than I think people anticipated, so. Okay. In, oh, interesting. So that's... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I did get your text message after we started recording, and I was like, I don't know how to incorporate this in. I don't have the info. I, I just... I. We were talking, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm rolling with it. So, sorry last week, audience. A, but, it's okay. hell of a show, and it's moving tickets. So. Yeah. It looks like it's going to be a cool match. I, yeah, I would love to be able to watch it. 
I'm sure. There's no. Is there no? Have, have like links that I can go to like order the pay per view or whatever. Okay, I was gonna say, is there no like street like dedicated streaming service that is hosting? I think this? There probably is. not. I think I think they use YouTube, but like you know, like you can you can do like, like the pay. Yeah, you can do that now. So interesting. Okay, well that's good to know because that does look like a real banger. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and yes, Daniel and Brian, he could use a haircut. He wouldn't lose anything out from it, so that'd no, be fun. I'd, yeah, I'd love to see him. Yeah, a bald. Boy. <laughs> He looks so much younger. So I, I totally forgot. Where, oh, we're talking about because his hangman on his thinning hair. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that was Jenny's. She really took it to him on that. Uh, I just think he looks like he has a real porn stash, in like the gross, dirty, like '80s porn way. So. Hell, hell yeah. Ugh, hangman. All right. <laughs> so we're gonna take like a 180. I, I'm gonna go with uh, and have a quick AEW. Uh, not women's championship match, but uh, the women's champion, Timeless Tony Storm. She is taking on a woman named Sydney Winnell, who I assume is local talent. Um, it is a squash. It is quick. Uh, and, of course, Tony wins because, you know, that's what this is. So she wins, though, by considering applying... Her ankle lock move um, that she now calls break a leg. And then she's like, no, no, I want to burn my opponent for revolution. And instead, she gets poor Sydney caught in a Venus de Milo and makes her tap out. And so that's like a nod to Deanna. Um, And she wins. And then she is helped out of the ring by Luther because, of course, she is. That's his job. And as that's happening, Deanna Peraza's entrance music hits and she walks out. And she is here not to like antagonize tony per se but she has a match so she sort of walks by tony um well luther holding tony and just like just waves her hand like you're nothing to me and gets to the ring um and she is here to fight madison rain (laughs) and uh as we said earlier at the beginning of the show this was not a good match and i'm usually i try to hedge and don't say things aren't good matches but man, like even I could not defend this match. I don't know what was wrong with their chemistry, but it sure looked like there were a lot of times when the moves they were doing at each other didn't line up. So they had to like course correct and then it looked awkward and the flow was bad. <laughs> it was bad. And then, of course, the move where Madison basically just it reminded me of that girl on Tough Enough, the Steve Austin season. Where he's like, do a somersault. And instead of somersaulting, she just dove headfirst into the mat. And that was it. That was the somersault. Um, that's what it looked like. So this was was Rima a bad Fak- match. Uh, Rima Faki? Faka? F-A-K-A-H, I believe is how you spell her last name. Sure. Wasn't she like Miss USA or something like that? Yeah. And she was like, I'm going to prove myself. And then um, she couldn't somersault. It was it was tough. Did she ever uh, did she ever no. come out of that with anything? No. Okay. No. She didn't make it to the end, obviously. But like you know, sometimes she people... was she was early early cut, if I remember correctly. Um. Yeah, I believe Steve Austin caught her running the ropes with 
padding in her shorts and was like, you can't do that. You just have to run the ropes. It hurts. (laughs) You just have to like be okay with that. She was like, oh, I mean, I I, I can understand her mentality there. It's like, well, this is fake, right? Like, why should it hurt? Yep. (laughs) Sometimes I think that. (laughs) That's a big no. You got to build up your calluses. Okay, come on. So, yeah, uh, that is what happened to Madison Rain. She lost. Um, and Diana, she took a page out of Tony Storm's book. And she, instead of doing the Venus de Milo, she put Madison in the uh, leg, break a leg hold. And Madison tapped out. And Tony Storm came out. She ran out. And she was very angry. And she, I believe, threw a shoe at Diana, but missed. And then... Um, <laughs> She she cowered by Luther, who handed her, like, no, sorry, she got Diana in a hold, and then the ref was like, Luther, get in here, like, break this up, Luther, break this up, and Luther's like, what, me? I don't know, and he took his sweet time getting into the ring, and then by that point, Tony, like, voluntarily just released Diana's leg, and, uh, and Luther handed her something as she crawled over to the side and I thought it was going to be like I don't know brass knuckles or something something to like harm Diana. instead it was a tube of lipstick and Tony just went wild putting it on her face <laughs> just like full-on clown makeup here and uh and she just stared at Diana and it was it was intense um yeah Tony Tony's gimmick is I just I'm a big fan I I hear others don't like it but I've fucking love it it's great i don't like to criticize uh wrestlers doing matches um i feel much more comfortable criticizing the matches themselves i think that's a lot more fair game because i'm not a wrestler i could never do what they do um but yeah that that madison rain tiana parazzo match was like I, i feel like if that had happened if that had been like a rampage taping it wouldn't have made air like no. you just you just like delete that thing, right? Like that that it was oh boy. And I was shocked to hear that they had like a ten year history, and Madison was Deanna's mentor. They worked yeah. so badly together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they might have. It could have been the situation where they found out late in the day that that match was happening because that have been the, the some of the travel issues, like whoever. Oh yeah, know. yeah. I and. Like, I totally agree with you. I am not a wrestler. I realize it's very hard. And I I fully believe that, um, like what Madison said, unless you've been in the ring, you don't know. And that's fair. I just, it just didn't look good as a viewer. And Mm -hmm. I would never go on the internet and seek out either member of the match to tell them how much I think they suck or are bad at it. Because that's, that's insane. Um, So don't do that. But, you know... I didn't think it was a good match and it kind of made me sad. <laughs> so, but again, glad Madison's okay. Was really worried she had some sort of neck or head injury. <sighs> After that ordeal, we get a tape segment with Darby and Sting and it, it goes places. Um, it starts out with Darby and he says, you know, like he's talking to the, the young bucks, he says, material objects that we go after think def- we think define us, but they don't really mean anything. And he has some photos that he'd like the bucks to see. 
and it is Sting as a young man with his sons who are in the picture at the same age as the Young Bucks kids are. So I don't know, like, I don't know how to tell ages of kids, but like preteen, like muted, like preteen. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, I did that thing again where I, where I muted it on the microphone and then I unmuted it and it just stayed muted on Skype. So yeah. Skype's like, no, um, when you saw the picture before he, uh, <laughs> you saw the picture before he said anything, were you hunting for Derby Allen in that picture? I thought I thought that's what we were getting. I thought like, oh, or alternately, I thought like, oh, are the young bucks in that picture? <laughs> like, are the are the, are the yeah. baby bucks in that picture of thing? I did not I did not realize. Um, I mean, it still works, but I was just yeah. Yeah, the, I was definitely like, is this one of those? Well, because you had it with like MJF and Punk, and you know, I feel like there has been a couple other in- instances where those pictures surface, and no, this time around it was Sting's actual sons. And Darby's like, in the end, the only thing that matters is family. And so Sting comes into frame and he's like, yes. Um, And he says, in all my years in wrestling, no one has ever messed with my family until you, Young Bucks. Um, Which I feel like is surprising considering Flair apparently was his Lucy to his Charlie Brown. Um, But I guess Rick didn't mess with his family. And so Sting then gets real and kind of like, it's like, very sad. He says a lot has been going on with his family over the last week, including losing his father, which that seems like a really big deal and really sad. And I don't know why you're here filming this sting, but he said it made him feel like think about his own mortality, the loss of his father. Um, which yeah, rough. Uh, but he says he, he used to think he was invincible. Um, but time catches up to everyone and you know, he's an older man now time's catching up to him and he's not invisible. Everything he has left in him, he's going to be bringing to revolution. Cause this is it. He's not lying this time. He's really retiring. And he says the bucks will have a fight of their lives at revolution. Um, but man, I just, my heart broke for him when he said his dad had passed like within the last week. Sorry, sting. Also, your dad must be really old. Good for him. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> like, you would think, like, mid-80s at, at least, right? I would, yeah. Like, with a 60-something-year-old son? Yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> yeah. good for his dad. He, I'm assuming he made it very far in life. But still, like, that, that really sucks. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well... He's retiring in two weeks, right? Yeah. So Christian can't really make any hay out of this. Oh my god! That would be dark as hell. <laughs> there's, there's really, there's just no, there's no time. Sting, I heard you are fatherless. Would you like me to be your father? <laughs> oh my god. Okay, part of me would love that. Um, it's all like it's all I can think about. Like anytime anybody says anything about their fathers, I always just think of Christian now. It he does have like the radar for it, apparently. It's just like, oh, 
what can Christian make out of this? But no, it's terrible. Like, oh, yeah. I, I admittedly, I was not expecting Daniel Garcia's father to be dead and for Christian to be like, I want to be a father. So he could sidle over on this one if he really, really wanted to go dark. But damn. So, not only is Ric Flair's father dead, uh, Flair's adopted. So like, think of what he could make out of that. Oh, shit. <laughs> bring in Rick, bring in Sting and just be like, you're the older generation. I'm still your father, but <laughs> you're the big brothers to my boys. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that was an intense um, sting moment. But, hey, like hyped for that revolution match and I guess his retirement, which I b- fully believe is happening. But, man, it um, it arrived fast is what I'll say. So should be good. Um, after that intensity, we go back to the ring. Tony Schiavone is out here again, and he is introducing Wardlow this time. And, uh, Wardlow's not as nice as Daniel Garcia, who I have to say, he asked Tony, may I, before taking the mic? And Tony was like, yes. And I felt very, it was like, nice. Yeah. Nobody does that. When people let the interviewer interview them, but that's, if. This is fine. This is not. This is better than snatching the microphone away. Yeah. Well, Wardlow snatched the microphone away um, and told him to get out before he knocks him on his old ass again. And so Tony's like, "Fine, whatever." <laughs> Tony leaves, and Wardlow. Um, I think this is probably the best I've ever seen right? Wardlow speak. Yeah, and I wonder so that, if it's because when I got on the internet last night after Dynamite to kind of look around and see what people were saying about the show. I there were there was a lot of positive sentiment and there was but there was also a lot of like no nah, this this also sucked just like everything else Wardlow does and I was like what are you talking about this is like this is by a mile the best promo he's ever cut. I think if that's what you took you're you're just a hater you just hate Wardlow because he this was like I felt the emotion in it he was not like stumbling over words or anything he really he and he had a good story to tell he was talking about how like. You know, a couple years ago, he was he was the guy like, you know, people were chanting for him and loving him. And then apparently, like, that was just it. After that, he he lost that trajectory and he said he's been screwed over time and time again since. Um, And he points out that he's one of the homegrown people in AEW and he thought that him becoming a star would have meant he would be champion a long time ago, but he's never received a world title shot. And he is just really pissed off about that. Um, He even, (laughs) he references how he is better than the best in the world. And the, the real world champion who is obviously punk, who he says is his body is falling apart because of the stuff Wardlow did to him, which if you remember, I hate to give him credit, but CM Punk was very generous to Wardlow when he came back. He literally let him powerbomb him like 30 times in a row. It seemed rough. The story of that match was that Wardlow could have beat CM Punk anytime he wanted to, but Max kept making him powerbomb him, and eventually CM Punk like cradled him, right? Yep. And CM Punk like survived that match. He did not like, yeah, like that was, that was like one of the most generous 
that, that was one of the most generous performances I've ever seen, honestly. Yeah, yeah, because it was like right when he came back and he had not lost a match, he had momentum, and Wardlow comes out. Yeah, so so he mentioned that, and uh, he also said he squashed MJF like no one else has, although he said, I believe he referred to him as like, I'm better than you, and you know it. Like, he never said the words MJF, but... um. And then he's like, also Samoa Joe, your TV champ. We're supposed champ. to believe that MJF's contract has expired, so he's like, we're not, we're not saying his name. Oh, I thought he was just hurt and had to go heal. Yeah, I remember like the War of Twenty Twenty Four, whatever the fuck. Yeah, but you know, with the Adams, I thought he was. I just thought he gave that up because he was like happy. Okay, whatever. So he's gone. But yeah, um, but then he's like, also Samoa Joe you know, like, kicked his ass, and he says, like, between the two of us, the guy wearing shoots and, or wearing suits and holding shiny titles, I look way better. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Joe looks good, but you're right, Wardlow. You did look pretty snappy in your suits. So, um, yeah, so he's, like, pissed off that he's the uncrowned king of AEW, and he says it's it's time for it's his time, basically, and he he's already everything a world champion should be. He just needs that title. And so if anyone gets in his way, he is no longer wrestling. He goes back to his old catchphrase, this is war. Really good. I'm, I'm proud of Wordlow. He made me care. Yes, I thought that was an excellent promo. I was very proud of him. He had, yeah, he hadn't made me care in a long time, and, and he made me care. Yeah, so good for him. Um, from there, we go uh, back to, I guess, a pre-taped from last week, I want to say. Oh, Rampage last week. Um, the Bag Bang Scissor Gang. This was when they were proving that as a cohesive unit, they could win. So they had a 12-man. I literally don't know who their opponents were. <laughs> I assume nameless was, people. Oh, shoot. Okay. It was Jarrett, Lethal, and Satnam. Oh. And, and oh, uh, Silver, Reynolds, and Uno. Oh. Okay. Well, yeah. they beat them. Yes. They beat them. Um, but, yeah, so we I, we saw clips. I could. I guess I just couldn't see the opponents well enough. I just remember seeing the Bang Bang Gang, or Scissor Gang. So they won. So this, this proves, like... They're a team. And um, I guess at some point, Daddy Ass ran into Jay White. And he, so he apologizes, like, sorry, I did that. I didn't mean to. And, you know, obviously, when people run into people on the apron, it breeds contempt. But Jay White assures him, it's totally fine. Everything's cool. And then uh, he's like, hey, why don't me, you, Daddy Ass, and Austin be the Collision cool. Cowboys? Oh, is it Colton? Colton. Yeah. Be the Collision Cowboys. Austin's always the one that gets shit on. Yeah, but he loves his daddy. Because even because even set it up like it was going to be the gun club. <laughs> he said, Billy and Colton and me. <laughs> That's right. And yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So he's like, let's do our thing this Saturday. And he also said, I love that he was like, daddy ass, papa, <laughs> in his mm-hmm. New Zealand uh, just makes me happy every time. Um, so yeah, they're gonna fight on Collision as a team on Saturday, and Anthony Bowens was like, "Cool, it doesn't matter what combo we're in. Everyone loves the acclaimed. Bang bang, 
there's still team unity. We're still cool together. So we'll see how Saturday goes because I feel like that could that could cause some issues if they lose. We're so okay. So that match is happening Saturday. Mm-hmm. So if they are going to set up, like if they are going to do a breakup and have a match at Revolution, I feel like it has to happen Saturday. You know, or at least something has to happen Saturday, and then you could set it up on Wednesday. But, yeah. Um, I guess my my thought is, if you're not doing that, then this probably has to like play out another pay per view cycle. Which I was just going to ask: Do you think it's too soon? They just got together. I think I it's too that... soon. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I know, yeah. I know. Obviously, they are already showing some, you know, subtle signs of infighting, and maybe not all being like like. Uh, Switchblade seems to be on like ha- have his own agenda to some extent. Yes, which makes total sense. I think the guns are just sort of gleefully falling al- along with whatever, and the claimed and daddy ass they're just having fun. But Jay White seems like he's got stuff. But I know they haven't done a ton. I just feel like you just got them together. It would be really quick to break them apart for Revolution. So. No, I totally agree. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, hopefully they do okay on Saturday, or if they don't do okay, they can push it. But yeah, uh, another faction we are covering here is uh, Renee is talking to the Don Callis family backstage, and I believe it's Callis, uh, Takeshita, Hobbs. I don't think Kyle's there. Um. But they're standing backstage with Renee, and she asked Callis if he's, you know, given any more thought to the whole Osprey Takeshita match at Revolution and how that might affect the family. And Callis doubles down on what he said last week. He's like, it's just going to help us. Win or lose, like, everybody's going to be happy. Uh, the people will love the match, and it will only strengthen our family, which is definitely usually how intra fighting works. Um, so, yeah. And he says that. Callis, or he says that Osprey, I guess, had a chance. People thought he was going to fly back from the UK with Tony Khan, and he didn't get on the plane with him or whatever. And Callis is like, he didn't do that because I'm going to go out there. I'm going to pick him up with my private jet from the UK, and I'll bring him back. So <laughs> he'll be at Revolution. And uh, yeah. And so, so that's going to happen. We've got a little graphic later for next week, right? He's going to be on Dynamite. I believe so, yeah, because I think they showed also, like, a a quick, like, video of him, just kind of like a promo-type video package. Yeah, well, no, that was that was a very specific uh, Wembley uh, Will uh, video package. Yes. I think they're doing it. I think he's going to win the title at Wembley. Oh, that would be a good way to go. I think so. I mean, I think we talked about it. It's like, it's like <laughs> what if you did what you did for Soraya? But there was like you did it with someone you could actually successfully follow up with on it with <laughs> like because remember how quickly it was just like okay we did the thing but it's Soraya we, there's not really anywhere for her to go with her in this role so let's get the title off of her and they did yeah um, with Will you you know you theoretically you'd think like okay now Will's our guy for the next however long and that could sow discord amongst the Callis family because Takeshita obviously thinks he's the guy. Oh, I gotta think. I gotta think. Will's way out of there by then. 
That's true. Well, I guess that's true. Because Will's going to be a huge baby face at Wembley. There's, yeah. Okay, I'm just foreseeing that Takeshita and Will are going to have issues in the Callis family. You know, be a number one. But yeah, so that's uh, that's what's happening. Um, also, Callis just wanted to. <laughs> he called out Sammy Guevara. Oh, yeah. No, listen. I had to hit me. I was I was talking to Jenny. She'd come in. Oh God. I had the TV on, but I was muted. So I had a, I. I read I read some words later that, I, that I'm very curious about that I, I need you to explain to me from this from this segment. So you go on. Yep. I you, here's the thing. There's one word I thought you'd latch on to, but I realize now. Nope, it's two words. Okay, so um, Callis is pissed at Sammy Guevara. He calls him a fly in the ointment and a little cuck. And he says, Wait, Sammy that, Guevara, that that season one AEW character. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, you'll remember him from that. Haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, he uh, feels he feels like he feels as out of step as the Dark Order do to me at this point. Well, he's been gone for a really long time, and then I guess he came back at Rampage and broke Jeff Hardy's nose, and then uh, and they great. keep trying to make him a babyface. But yeah, but the people they just they don't want that. He, no, he's such he's a good he's, heel. He's got such a punchable face. Yes, he's like Ricky Starks. I have no interest in him as a baby face. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, okay, yeah, do a heel stuff. But I actually, with with Sammy, at this point, it might just be like, maybe you need to change a scenery, dude. Yeah, um, yeah, and like, I don't know. So he came back on Rampage. I really don't remember what the last thing he did on Dynamite was. I guess Jer- the Jericho thing. Yeah, he and Chris against. Um, some combination of callous people. Yeah. So I don't really get why he seems to be such an issue for Don Callis since like, I don't really think he's causing that much discord, but whatever. Um, but he calls him a little cuck and he says, uh, <laughs> meet madness, powerhouse Hobbs and himself will deal with Sammy on rampage. Meet madness. Are these the words you want explained? <laughs> yes. Because I think I, I, I understand there's going to be some kind of match. Yep, I think there's going to be a meat madness match. Don't know why. At, at Revolution. Yep. And we know so far that Hobbs and Wardlow are in it. Yep, two meaty guys. Yes, for sure. Do we know how many people there will eventually be in it? No. I don't think we got a ton of details. I do know that this was the first mention of it with Hobbs, and then Wardlow did come up later as participating in it. I believe the announce team said that. Um, But, like, they didn't provide any sort of... (laughs) Any other information. Like, how many people? Like, what are the stakes? Sorry for the pun. But what (laughs) does the winner get? (laughs) Um... (laughs) Uh, is, this, is this replacing the the traditional <laughs> face of the revolution ladder match? I don't know because also I don't I don't know they didn't say they didn't say much about it. We know two people who are in it now. I assume you'd want probably like at least six, right? I mean, if you're doing a thing like that, yeah, yeah. I don't know that they are, but if that's what they're going for, then yeah, like okay, so. Like Shane Taylor, you can put in there. I think Keith Lee's hurt. Oh, um, damn, yeah. Because remember, he was supposed to do that match against Swerve and then didn't. Yeah. 
What else could they do? Meat Boys? Um, Older or Bronson, whichever the bigger one is. I'd say Beard. I feel like Beard's more uh, fun. No, I'm talking like which one's bigger though, Boulder or Bronson? I don't know. The one with I think the one with the beard is bigger. Did they not both have beards? The one with the auburn auburn beard. Let's go with the that. Big red beard. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. I don't remember if the other one does. I know one has black hair and one has auburn hair. Let's go with auburn. Yeah. Who else are these meat? I, I, I can't think of very very many other meat men right now. Brian Cage. Yeah, but I figured like he's gonna wrestle Hook. Yeah. Okay. I'm just I'm just going off big old big men. Um. Yeah. Does Luchasaurus count? He, I mean, he's got stuff going on, but he's he's tall. Yeah, I don't know that he's meaty. I think he's busy. Yeah. Brody King. Yeah. Oh, he's a beef yeah. boy. He is a beef boy, yeah. I don't know. So I, I'm, not, I'm not sure what this is or what the rules are or what like what the, what, it, what the exact qualifications are to be a meat man, but I'm I'm intrigued and I want to hear more. It feels like kind of maybe your dream match is what I'm getting from this. It might be. What was the match where the crowd just chanted meat every time there was a... Oh, son of a bitch. Was it like Joe versus Shane Taylor or something? I think so. It either that or Keith Lee, because th- that was the show where Keith Lee. It was right before Keith Lee got hurt. I think Keith Lee and Sh- Shane fought, and then didn't Joe fight another Beef Boy? Maybe I don't remember. There were like big guy matches back to back. Or, like, there okay. were two on the same show. It was, yeah, and the crowd just, they, they did meet chance for sure. Pardon me. But I think, it, I think it was a pay-per-view. So, yeah. It was Samoa Joe versus Shane Taylor from All Out 2023, a show that I have not seen. Oh, oh, yeah. And then Miro versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, Miro. Miro. Although I feel like they're holding him off until Lana's finger heals or whatever. Yeah. How's that going? Is she okay? I don't know. I've heard. I hope so. Hope they don't have to like remove it or something. Oh God, me too. That's quite a. That would be quite a turn. My God. Ugh. Well, I hope we get more meat madness or whatever details, uh, because yeah, that's um, that's a hell of a match name, and mm-hmm. I don't, I just, I want to know what the winner gets. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Okay. So, with that, with literally thirty minutes left in the show, we get our main event. It is. The weirdest coupling of or teaming of people that you could expect right at this moment. We've got on one side Samoa Joe, Swerve Strickland, who wants to take Samoa Joe's title, and Brian Cage, who, you know, is like friends with Swerve, like he's in Strickland's faction. So I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the other side, we've got Hangman, we've got Hook, and we've got Rob Van Dam. And I feel like Rob Van Dam. 
Dam and Hook are like friends. And I yes. don't, and Hangman like brought RVD in for like one of those, for a surprise opponent against Swerve. Yes. But other than that. So that makes sense. It, what doesn't make sense is that Swerve and Joe are on the same team. That's, yeah, the, weird, that's the weirdest part about it. I truly don't know why Joe is is deigning to be like involved in this match. Like, doesn't he have better things to do as a champion? I don't know. I think I thought this match was really sloppy. Like it just like they just couldn't get it together for some reason. And I honestly, at a certain point, I would have rather seen Joe just doing commentary because he's so good at that too. But I did have a couple of thoughts about like while I was watching this match, more like kind of philosophical thoughts um, because I was just kind of like watching a disaster before my eyes. Rob Van Dam, who I think Rob Van Dam was the catalyst for a lot of the calamity in this match. Sure. Um, (laughs) He, this was the first time in his AEW run where I've thought like, Oh, Rob's really old. Yeah, like I think I think he'd been able to disguise it better in the previous appearances. Like it, you know, like he he had a couple of hardcore matches. I think that really helps. But this was just like a very kind of standard six man tag. And even then, you'd think like, okay, you're it's a six man tag. You got two partners who can help disguise you. But I thought he was very exposed, and it bummed me out <laughs> because I, you know I think Robbie and Dame's great. Um, but the other thing that I thought about is that Brian Cage is like the next generation's Rob Van Dam. Now, a lot of people would probably say, like, no, Matt Riddle is the next generation's Rob Van Dam, obviously. But fuck Matt Riddle. Um, Brian Cage is the epitome of like the Rob Van Dam style of working, which like he's literally his nickname. One of his nicknames is literally Mr. Get my shit in. He just does moves and moves and moves. And that, that was the Rob Van Dam style. The problem is Brian Cage does not have Rob Van Dam's charisma. So he can't really carry it off in that way. But I, I, that's something I was thinking about while I was watching the match with these two men, like interacting. Interesting. So like, I just, I guess I thought, or I think of Rob Van Dam as in his prime more agile than Brian Cage, but that's probably unfair because Brian Cage, for as big as he is, he is agile. He just yeah. he doesn't do like jump kicks. You know? <laughs> no, but he was but he was when he was a little younger, he did more high flying stuff. Okay, he's kind of but, focused it more on power stuff. Yeah, late, but he used to do flying moves, and I think he probably just found that on such a big frame that doesn't feel very good on your joints. Sure. Yeah. It's a lot of meat hitting the ground. Um, but yeah, as, as you said, charisma wise, bit of a lack. Yeah. Bit of a lack. Um, let me see. What else about this match? I thought Joe looked great. I thought Joe's always in the right place. Joe, Joe knows exactly what he's doing at all times. Joe is one of the best ever. Um, I have no problem with Joe. It's a pleasure to see him work every week. Um, it's a pleasure to have him as our world champion. Yes. And he would I love to hear thought, you say that. <laughs> yeah. And I also thought Hangman was was great in this match. So at least those it, two were, you know, holding it up. I mean, I, I thought I, Swerve I, was good too. 
Yeah, yeah, he didn't like stand out in a bad way, but no, uh, you know. no. But which, he did have to work with Rob a lot, which. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say to to be fair to him, he yeah. wasn't. I feel like the story being told was like Hangman was sort of he had hijacked his team and was giving them orders, even though Hook and RVD were just like, I don't know about that, man. Like whatever. Yeah. And then on the other side, Joe was almost like, like he didn't give a shit. Um, he did. He he looked out for him, which makes sense. But then that leaves Swerve and Brian Cage, and it's just kind of like Swerve didn't Swerve didn't get the same opportunities necessarily to shine. Um, but I do think it makes sense that those three are in the title contention, or I guess those two and the one has the title but it's just like i don't really get why joe's here i love to watch him work like you said he's great but i don't it seems like he should just like like you said i would have loved to have him on commentary and just somebody else slotted in there for whatever reason um it's it was confusing grouping for me especially like right before revolution like you guys hate each other yeah or you could have just done Hangman and Hook against Swerve and Brian Cage, and like, and Hook is just like the guy that Hangman grabbed and was like, "Hey, you're gonna partner with me, and I'm gonna boss you around." And then it, you know, it doesn't work out. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, was RVD? I mean, other than the the fact that he and Swerve, he Hangman and Swerve, kind of have like a established thing going on. Like the location, he's not from Oklahoma, right? Like this. No, he's was from there a reason? Michigan. Like you're bourbon. Yeah. Okay. So, like, I was just trying to figure out if there was a reason to slot him into this match. For not that I know of, he's probably just you know one of those guys where it's like Tony Khan now can probably just call him up and say, "Do you want to? We'd like to book you on this, you know, for the show." And he's like, "Yeah, send me a ticket." Yeah. <laughs> Let me hook up with Nana. Get that sweet, sweet stuff. There were so many yeah. weed jokes amongst the commentators. Amongst... Yeah. We get it. it RVD it loves the weed. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Like, hopefully, like, you know, maybe there's still something left in Rob's tank, but it didn't, it didn't look like it after this one. I did. I did also have the thought, though, that at some point, because another another dynamic I enjoyed in this match was Hook and uh, Joe. Yes. Um, and I realized today that one day Hook is going to beat Samoa Joe. Yeah, that seems like the trajectory. He's he's yeah. trying hard. It's a little too early for him, but he wants right. it. Yes, and I'm sure you know he'll beat him sometime down the line after Joe's lost the world title. I'm sure. Um, but this is like this should be a quest for. For him, the way Cody was a quest for Darby, you know? Yeah. 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 And they did, like, the times where Hook and Joe were the legal people, or even, I guess, not. They they had moments where they got to go after each yes. other and, and, and they, show that and dynamic. It was, and it was good. Like, I, the stuff with them was really good. Yeah. Yeah. I, yes, because I think Hook gave Joe a very good fight, like, originally, but it was obvious that you're challenging for the title it's not time hook it's not time no this reminds me though from the opener 
Claudio and I think Bald did. did like <laughs> bald a, and Bald. Did a double shoulder block spot where they both didn't move. And I was just like, that's fake. <laughs> that's so fake. Claudio is twice your size. Yeah. He's basically like a superhero, just human person. It's, yes. Claudio is. He's an action figure come to life. I mean, good lord. Yeah. Man is strong. Man is strong. So yeah, this this match uh it ended with uh Joe actually getting the win. He he did the coquino clutch on RVD. So right for, lost. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. So um you know, I guess for all his oldness, at least he was there to take the pin. Um but yeah. Swerve was pissed. Uh, Hangman appeared to have hurt his ankle. Yep. He he just... He's playing it up. And I guess Hook is just... He was silent and mad. As he as he does. It's very Hook. But yeah, that's, that's how the show ended. <sighs> so you liked it? I feel like overall I liked it. It felt like there was a good pace. Like it didn't drag for me i was really surprised that wardlow's time i was just like oh god wardlow's coming out to talk on the mic and then he he surprised the hell out of me so yeah i feel like it was a well-paced show i liked the show I, the only things i really didn't like were the the perazzo match and the main event you know and i and i was thinking like when that main event was going out i was like all right we're gonna I think it was the biggest thing. I expected it to be a lot of fun, and it was a train wreck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, so, maybe if I hadn't had high expectations, I wouldn't have despised I, it so much. Yeah, because, like, I didn't, I mean, I didn't love it, but I also didn't hate it. Like, I was fine with it, but I thought the show opened so strong, and, like you said, the Perazzo-Madison Rain match was bad um but really other than that i feel like i had fun with it yeah me too overall yeah and some nice surprises with like like the wardlow promo and the garcia promo were were both you know stronger Heart. than you'd think yeah heartfelt one yeah. baby face one heel <laughs> yeah and they got me hyped up to see a rematch between bcc and ftr yeah 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 that should be fun they just want to kill each other, and I love that for them. Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right, so that is Dynamite. So I think that leaves only the Elite Beat plug of the week. And Megan, your eyes got really big, because I have a feeling that you've had a pretty busy week and that you probably haven't really indulged in much of anything pop culture-wise. So I'll go first, and I'll let you think about it for a little bit. Okay. How about that? Okay. So, um, I am a big fan of the uh, video game uh, journalist and, uh, you know, kind of pundit, Jeff Gersman. Yep. And uh, I, I listen to his podcast every week. He's, he's one of very few people in the world that I can... Like I can listen to a solo podcast and feel like I'm like it's actually good. I usually, in like almost all cases, I want 
back and forth, you know, and like conversation. But with Jeff, I actually like he's he's a compelling enough speaker that I that I get something out of his solo podcasts. Um, but also, I've been dipping more into his YouTube channel lately, and something he's been doing every Friday for I believe twenty seven consecutive weeks now. Uh, oh, that's like eight. half a year. Yeah, I guess he missed yeah. one because a baby was born. Um, no, but <laughs> yeah, uh, but something he's been doing for yeah for like 20, 27 different weeks is he has been on stream playing and then ranking uh, every uh, North American released or like U.S. and Canada released, I guess I should say. NES game. Oh yeah, you told me about that. Okay. Yes. So, so it's the list is wild right now because there's like I don't know there's like almost 200 games on it at this point, but it's like, you know, like he hasn't played Zelda yet. He hasn't played like Mario three yet. So like there's heavy hitters that are that are just because he's he's using he's sourcing the recommendations from his uh, his Patreon subscribers. So every oh. week, every week he plays a handful of games, and then figures out uses you know uses the science to figure out where to place the formulas yeah. on the list. And what you get is a couple hours of a stream of of Jeff playing NES games and um, expounding on like the game's history and sometimes stuff about the publisher and his memories of, of you know playing it at the time and and things like that. And, you know, it's Jeff Gerson. He's very good with history and things like that. So it's very, it's very entertaining uh, to me at least to kind of watch him go through that. And yeah, and I've watched, I think I've watched every single one. And um, currently the number one game is bionic commando. <laughs> so, uh, you know, like okay. I said, uh, there's, there are heavy hitters yet to come. Um, yeah. I'm, I, it looks like there's 28, 28- episodes currently available or wait there are 28 on the playlist but it says episode 27 so maybe i'm missing something where he did something different oh there's a 19 part one and a 19 part two okay oh okay that's weird yeah that sounds fun uh i was gonna ask if he was going in any particular order so it's not like year of release or anything it's just patreon suggestion yeah, pretty much, yeah. Okay. Let me see. Currently, let me just give you the top ten right now. Uh, number ten, Super Dodgeball. Number nine, Gun Dot Smoke. Number eight, The Goonies 2, which is... What? A, it's not, you know, it's a sequel. It's a video game sequel to the film The Goonies. So there's uh, not a Goonies 1 video game? I don't, it's just the Goonies too. I don't know. It's the the game is like a sequel. Like it treats it like it's a sequel to the movie, basically. Okay. Um, number seven, Blaster Master. Number six, Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Number oh. five, Contra. Number four, River City Ransom. And River City Ransom uh, sat at the so it was on uh, episode one, and it was the first number one, and it sat at number one for a long time. Hmm. Um. Uh, number three, Rygar. Number two, Super Mario Brothers. Ever heard of it? And number one, Bionic Commando. So yeah, so those are the that's the top of the list, and um, the bottom of the list is just like real, real trash. 
I believe I believe a Back to the Future video game is way down at the bottom. There, a lot of, a lot of movie oh. licensed games find their way to the to the bottom of the list. Was uh, E.T. was that for the NES or was that a different one? Because I know that was terrible. That was an Atari Twenty Six Hundred game. Oh yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, does he know? I'm ass- I'm assuming he has to know. Like, what is the total amount of games he there, is going to have to get through? Yes, I believe. The number is somewhere around 741. Oh, damn. That's so a he's, lot. He's like, he's a he's around like a quarter of the way there. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I only knew a couple of the games that you listed in the top 10, so I, I clearly do not have the breadth of exposure. Well, you, yeah, I mean, you're a couple years younger than me, and you were a, you were a SNES kid, right? I so, was. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know, maybe in two years when he's done, he'll move on to something like that. You can... <laughs> God. <Yeah>. If there's <laughs> 700 NES games, I have to assume there's at least double the amount of SNES games. Because that was a... That was around for a while. Um, 722. Oh. Yeah. That's... Okay. Because he's only doing U.S. releases. Okay. Uh, there, there are seventeen hundred and forty-nine SNES games, but the you know a lot of like Japan-only stuff and things you know like things like that. Sure. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Wow. But yeah. So that's that's on. Uh, what is that? What's his YouTube channel called? The Jeff the, the the Jeff Gerstmann Show is what the YouTube channel is called. It's so. Gerstmann with two N's at the end. In case it's not just yes. like man, it's men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So check that out if you like um, 8-bit video games and hearing people talk about them. And the fun part is, like, a lot of them, like, he's never played before. So it's just, like, some of them he's never even heard of before. So it's just, like, him, like, encountering these, like, very weird, like, objects, you know? Well, sure, yeah. With 700 possible games. I mean, I know he does video game journalism now, but I don't know how old he was back then. But I assume yeah. he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't out to play every single game for like reviews and stuff. No, no, no. And like you know, and obviously money was limited, and he was yeah. you know, not out there buying cartridges every week. You know. Yeah. So of course he yeah. wouldn't have been exposed to seven hundred North American releases. No. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but it's cool. You know, he's he's playing. I think he's playing them all on his like uh, his like Mister, which is like hardware emulated NES, which is neat that that exists you know yeah i'm looking at the thumbnails for some of these videos and i'm just like i don't recognize a lot of this like a lot of these games i see there's a star trek game apparently yeah sure yeah well how about you megan do you think of something oh i'm so bad at this um i'm i guess i'll just go back to my like original bullshit my true crime because I haven't watched, like, shows recently, but I did watch a series on Netflix because, again, I've forgotten to cancel it and I'm stuck with it for another month, paying another month. Andy knows my struggle. Have you canceled um, it yet? Nope. <laughs> Here's what I want you to do. Go cancel it. <laughs> I want you to open up your, go log into your Netflix account and cancel it. it now. I'm doing Just it. Just do it. I'm doing it. We're doing this as a team. Netflix.com. Yeah. Um, okay. 
And yes, I'm going to go ahead and delete that, uh, which means I will get to the end of the month. But I did decide since I have it like a fool because I mm. forgot to cancel it, um, I would watch some of their true crime documentaries because they're actually they're going full HBO on this. They're like dumping a lot of money into it. And I'm very into their production values. So um, I will say the one I watched recently it's very good. It was called American Nightmare. And not it's not about Cody. No. So don't get excited. It's not about Cody. Um, I've seen ads for this. It's 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 new, right? Yes. Um, I believe if I'm logged into Netflix right now, so let me tell you. I last I looked, it was like oh no, it's off their top ten list. Um, but it was ten on the top ten list, but it also was released like a couple weeks ago, so that okay. it was popular. Um, but it is about a couple who, um, like basically these people break in, in the middle of the night and like tell them that they, they basically like, it's the wildest thing where they like break in, in the middle of the night, they put on like these goggles that are blacked out. They put on headphones with like calming music and they're like, this is a ransom and then they take the girl and the guy's like, what the fuck? And they tell him, like, we're going to call you. And it's it's very um, – the details are, like, out of control. And so <laughs> when they try to go to the police, because uh, – I don't want to spoil too much of it. But basically, like, the girl eventually, like, 48 hours after she gets taken, she gets dropped off at her parents' house. Um like, it happens in Vallejo, California. She gets dropped off down, like, in southern, southern California. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the police are awful, is what I'll say. It's not good. If you like police, they are bad. Um, ACAP. But it's a harrowing tale. It is wild as hell. There are twists and turns. Um, and it's a really, really well-made documentary. Like, the production values are beautiful. Um, I'm going to ask you a question after we stop recording. Okay, can't wait. But yeah, so I'm, never, I, I'm never gonna watch this, but I have, but I'm curious about something. Okay, yeah, but I would recommend it. It, um, it's quite a thing. The story itself is quite compelling. Um, there is no murder if you're, uh, if that like level of true crime upsets you. It's it's a kidnapping. Um, there is you know upsetting details, but mostly it's a wild ride, and the Vallejo police are total trash. And believe it or not, the white men who are police, they just get promoted for their rock-solid work on this. So it's upsetting in a, it made me really pissed off way, but it's so good. It's very good. Uh, Three-part series, so it'll take you like three hours total, maybe a little less because there's no commercials and it's like 40 to 50 minutes episodes, but I would say worth it if you, like me, have failed to cancel your Netflix membership repeatedly and you just have the time. What if you're just a person who subscribes to Netflix because you enjoy Netflix? You should also watch it then. Okay. But I guess it's like less of a time crunch. Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's less of a like watch it before you lose it sort of deal. But yeah. Um, Wait, what? Megan? Yeah. American Nightmare, that's what it's called? Yes. Just think okay. of Cody, but it's not about Cody. Right, right. Um, I, I don't remember, and maybe, maybe it wasn't 
maybe the news was not specific about which podcast it was. What there are some like really big, big true crime podcasts. Like Wine and Crime is like a really big one, right? And there's a couple mm-hmm. others that are like just like titans of that of that industry, right? Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. I heard that um, one of them, and I don't know which one again because I think maybe it was like maybe the news was like I heard that one of the big like crime podcast is doing but anyway one of the big the big boys the big girls i should say based on who are usually the hosts demographics yeah totally yeah uh are doing a big vince mcmahon deep dive series Ooh, probably that i feel like it could be any of them honestly i haven't seen on mine i'll keep you posted the ones i follow but i was kind of waiting for it if I'm being honest, like who did like so one of them did a China thing, right? Yes. True crime and cocktails did a deep dive into like China's history and, you know, obviously death, um, which was really good. It made me, I learned a lot about her as a person. Like they really took their time to get into her life and stuff. And it just, yeah, it really made me sad for her, honestly. (laughs) Like maybe, so maybe it'll be that one. Because they've like dealt with the subject matter before to some extent. It could, yeah. Um, I'll have to keep an eye out. I'll definitely let you know. But yeah, I was kind of like curious that now that this is all unfolding, I'm like, there've got to be because there's crossover. There are definitely like some where like that are hosted by men who are like, we love wrestling. Um, that I feel like could pick that up very quickly. So I I am keeping an eye out. But as of yet. Haven't gotten it. And it is all breaking news right now, though. Okay. So I will keep you posted. But I know a lot of them like to, like, if they're going to deep dive, they like to, like, wait until there's stuff to work with. Right now, I feel like it would be, like, a breaking news sort of level thing. You know? Well, the sad thing is, like, Wall Street Journal, obviously, broke a lot of the, did a lot of the reporting around this. And Vice also... Um, specifically, Tim Marchman advice has been working really hard on the story. Mm-hmm. And today, uh, Tim Marchman announced that he had resigned from Vice. Um, and it looks like, in fact, Vice is going to not exist anymore. Oh, yeah. I think I heard about that. That's, well, you know, it sounded yeah. like they weren't doing great. Because, you know, they dropped Klepik and uh, and your best friend Rob. They dropped Waypoint. Um, right. It sounded like they were selling off or at least not investing in certain things. Yeah. Yeah, it's, in, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, now, Marchman says that, you know, he has a destination and he plans to be still be working on the same stories he was working on before. But, you know, who knows? Like, it's, if you're at a new outlet and they're like, we want you to focus on this, then, you know, it's kind of. Yeah. But I could also see, like, that being, that's such a current happening that has, it has infiltrated non-wrestling news in a way. But, like, I, I, like, listen to a news podcast that is very, you know. Yeah. They cover everything, but also, like, when stuff like WWE makes it on there, I'm just like, oh, so like the normies got a hold of it um and the vince mcmahon thing definitely was touched on as like i think you mentioned that one 
when it yeah when it happened. Yes, we, we did a we did like a fairly long talk about that a few weeks ago, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I gauge like, oh, it's out there in the public consciousness. So th- at the rate that Netflix, HBO, all these places put out like series, like limited series, and and the podcasts, it's like I'm assuming there's going to be some Vince McMahon. Um, tea spilling content put together quickly and i am ready to relish in watching it burn him burn yeah. i guess because it's not i guess look bravo good. i guess oh, oh here's the thing does like does peacock or no it's hulu i guess who does this do we get do we get a hulu um doc about vince McMahon? we could i mean they threw they actually released a second part to the housewife and the hustler yeah, about I, saw, Erica I, haven't, Jane. I haven't watched it yet, but I saw that it came out. Yeah, I haven't watched it either, but like they're cranking them out too. So yeah. I could see Hulu being like, look, we're they don't do the deepest of dives, but I could see them releasing like an hour long sort yeah. of deal. Yeah. Ugh, give me the content I want to know about how much of a horrible person he is. Um, and also I think that woman should get all of the money. And I support yeah. she she deserves yeah i don't know i think it's gonna be an interesting year as far as that stuff goes because i think there are more names are going to come out and more ndas are going to be revealed and uh you know I think, I think i think we might not be done with uh people being turfed out of that company yeah i anyway. <laughs> i think they should clean out clean that out you know like yeah they should get those I mean, they, horrible people out of there yeah I totally agree. All right. Ugh. Well, uh, next week uh, we'll be back and we'll be doing um, some revolution previewing and uh, talk. And I think also we're going to talk a little bit about collision because I'm going to like try to keep myself honest by, by like saying like, we're going to talk some collision, so I'm going to have to watch it. Okay. If you're putting that out into the, the podcast uh, sphere, then yeah. Then I feel like yes, I should be able to speak to Collision as well. So okay. Good. All right. Cool. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. For Megan and for me, Andy. This has been the Elite Beat. Elite Beat. Elite Beat.